Hey everyone, you are listening to episode 28 of Inside Kevin C. On this episode, we have my friend Austin Lane Day, who I've known for just a couple months actually. He is actually um, Director of Brand Marketing at Amherst Madison, which is my real estate brokerage. So uh, we got to know each other through the office, and uh, he has a lot of interesting insights on marketing and photography, brand, um, all sorts of things in that area. He also has a sales background as well. So it's a really interesting conversation, and uh, I definitely enjoyed talking to him. We also uh, happened to get some boba tea uh, for the podcast, so you'll hear a little bit about that as well. And uh, also just kind of a little bit more about Austin's history, how he got into, uh, how, how he came to be the Austin he is today. So uh, without further ado, here is Austin. All right, round two. <laughs> so Austin, the people will have heard a brief blurb, but let's first break into this boba tea, All right. which is from where? Uh, it's Happy Life. And it says... It says good times on the label. Good times, yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually. On the seal. On the, the seal, seal yeah. yeah. Which and the seal is important. The seal is important, yeah. Why so, is that? Okay, this. I'm glad you asked. Actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so boba tea in general is a very sensory experience. Oh god. And it's actually not. You know, I don't like how you keep flipping it upside down like you're at DQ. That's what you're supposed to do. Look, at, I'm getting all the boba, all the mix, because it's it's condensed milk. Okay. It's condensed milk mixed with tea. So this is why you need the seal. This is why you need the seal so you can flip it and you can yeah. watch your bubble fall, you can spin it. Uh, if you're doing really good, you can And you can, can like, say, thanks for coming to DQ you can, and hand it to someone like, else. So you have the spin, you gotta give it a twist and you can spin all your bubble around. Okay. Um, so it's just the beginning part of it is the flip and the seal. Okay. But take your straw and you actually cover the top of it because really? it's going to help create a circle around your straw as opposed to if you just jab it in it's going to have like air holes and then you want to hit it straight down and again with the sensory <laughs> pretty solid so explain to me why i'm plugging the top of the straw well you can see like it kind of hugs the straw this one kind of broke around this sides yeah but you ideally want to puncture it specifically no to the straw the so there's no air holes it's okay. a challenge every time <laughs> It's like a game. It doesn't have to be in the center. Some people like off center, but I like the center. Alright. Ooh, see? Mm -hmm. See, not too hot though. But satisfying nonetheless. Yeah. Right? We got to try again next time. But uh yeah, let's let's break into this. I kind of regret my decision. (laughs) To with the birthday cake. Is that pretty sweet? It's so sweet, yeah. Yeah. That's taro. He said it's like taro with extra sweetener. That's got to be a lot. It's got to be bad for us reflux too. <laughs> <laughs> the boba is pretty pretty chewy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's underdone, in my opinion. Because you're getting like 10 chews out of it. I like the chews. It's too many though. Like look at how much boba you have in your cup. Mm-hmm. That's why I always get like less than. Cause I don't want like four bobas every time I take a sip, but that's the thing is, is really boba isn't about the drink; it's about the tapioca. You know that's why it's boba tea. Mm-hmm. It's more of a dessert than like a like a cheeseburger and a milkshake. You know, it's like you're eating pudding. <laughs> this is pretty heavy. I like the extra boba because it makes me drink it slower. I feel like 
I can enjoy it for longer. Too hard to chew. Too hard to chew? Mm -hmm. It's so soft. No. It's too you many. You pretty much swallow it at any time. Because <laughs> they're not big. It's too many. It's, it's too hard to chew. It should be like between five and six. Like you don't have to think about chewing it. You should just be like, nom, 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 done. You know? <laughs> nom, nom, chew, nom. Yeah, nom. just chew it a couple times. I guess I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. So it's sweet though. Yeah. Mine, it, it tastes very strongly of tea mm -hmm. and not too much of the milk. I would give it a 5 out of 10. Wow, that's pretty low. I got high standards from Seattle. You're not impressed with French's work? No, no. <laughs> what, how did he say his name? French like French fry. French like French fry. That is so <laughs> yeah. Idaho. That's the most Idaho thing I've ever is. <laughs> Just potato references. Mm -hmm. I like that. It's pretty much everybody from like where I used to live, where I moved from, is like thinks I'm literally living in a potato farm. It's ridiculous. Makes no sense. It's ridiculous. And then people come out and they're like, oh, it's like a city with real people and it's yeah. functioning like a normal city would, but better. Because <laughs> it's smaller, so it's... It's a lot better. I mean, I think that too, having lived here for so long, for 20 years, but then you like actually drive around like other parts of Idaho and you're like, oh yeah. I yeah, guess. that's what I guess. <laughs> it's like well-deserved. <laughs> yeah. I don't live in other parts of Idaho though. Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't really apply. Me neither. Yeah. I wouldn't mind living in other parts of Idaho. It's just, I don't know. I don't have what it takes to be like a ranch hand or something. Yeah. Work in a shop. I'm not a very gritty person. No, you're not. No. <laughs> you're accustomed to the nicer things in life, aren't I, you? I like working at a desk. Mm -hmm. When I don't have a desk, my whole life feels like it's chaos. <laughs> it, it just adds structure. You've been domesticated well, by the corporate world. I think that there needs to be like a certain sense of stability from day to day in order for me to like have my focus on other things you know what i mean like if i'm always having to adjust to like where i'm at then it's like I, i'm not freed up to like think creatively so having like a stable place where i can just go in and like open like right when i sit down i can just be creative just start off being creative it makes a difference i see so it's like if you don't have a desk you're kind of like in a way like jews under nazi germany who like can't really be creative because uh, they're like fighting no. for their life. No, that's terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Like similarly, close. right? Like, if you don't have the basics of life, if you're not comfortable, if you're not, it's like the it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But I'm not being oppressed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. I'm. I'm just. I just can't sit at a desk, so I have to be <laughs> a different way of creative. I just need some sort yeah, of like. Yours is just like a really small microcosm. It's like it's it's more like a house without a foundation. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Because then it's like I'm just trying to stay upright as opposed to doing what I'm supposed to be doing. All right, the foundation of the pyramid. There you go. You got it. Yeah. Now I, I, that right. one I'm better with. Okay. <laughs> I'm better with that one. Good. So, so let's do more of an intro for you. I was gonna say the same thing. Are, Are we gonna, gonna do okay. introductions? 
Yeah, let's do a little bit of it. You don't, you don't need one. Right? Everyone knows me, right? <laughs> yeah, I if hope they're, so. If they're listening inside Kevin's seat. Um, but you are super into like design and marketing, which I think is really interesting because I've been getting into that stuff as well. Um, because I have to basically to market my services as a realtor. That's true. And so how did you first get into marketing and design and yeah, like, was that like part of your life growing up? Like, were you at any way involved in that? Was there like, did you have a near death experience where you're like, I have to dedicate myself to this craft or what? No, I never really had a, like a, anything that was like very life changing. Mm-hmm. I've just always kind of been more of like a lone wolf. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a kid, I really liked playing with Legos and just building things and seeing the finished result of that. Um, my mom always thought I was going to be like an architect. She always thought that that was going to be, because I mean, I, I was pretty into it. I was good. Because there's too. a straight line from Legos she, to architecture. Yeah, <laughs> there is. You know, it's like, because I, I could build with the pieces replicas of what they were selling in store. That's kind of like where I was, oh, I'm going to make my own TIE fighter. Yeah. You know, I just need these pieces. And I go to the Lego store and actually pick out the pieces as opposed to getting the box. Sets. Oh, dang. And so it's like, I was pretty into it. But that was like elementary school. Um, and that didn't really relate, you know, for a long time. But I think I just always was drawn to being creative. Um, and the first thing I really liked was photography. Hmm. I always wanted to be like a street photographer before it is what it is now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I really like... Uh, a lot of that like older 1950s, 1960s um, documentary stuff where it's like photographers would get hired to go uh, photograph what was happening, you know, at different places during, uh, you know, droughts or the Dust Bowl photos. That's like a really big thing for me. I love Dust Bowl photos. I love like Woody Guthrie and stuff like that. So I I thought that stuff was really cool and I wanted to do that. Like I wanted to go to a city and like, photograph things changing and people and just kind of like what life was like um and so in high school I was like my main focus was photography and videography because it was kind of a believe it or not like an emerging field a digital videography you know it's like I guess so I mean my, my teacher you're not that old <laughs> but no I mean the technology's new I'm not yeah. old but the technology's new like my uh my video uh teacher I guess you could call him um, he didn't know what like an SD card was, you know, really? just as like, cause it was like, we had film cameras at our, at my school, my film camcorders, right. you know? And then when it switched to like, we got a couple compact cameras that had SD cards and he was like, oh, it's like, uh, that thing. I don't know what you do with it or where the information, how you transfer the information, but, um, yeah, so and that's kind of like where it started. And then when it became more professional, um, I, I started working for in cars. And I would build email campaigns for a car dealer. And so I would, how did you get hired at a car dealership? In sales. Yeah, I was in sales. Um, I met this dude who really just changed my life, honestly, there. Really? Yeah. Cause I, so I, you did I, have a life-changing moment. Well, yeah, but perhaps more in it wasn't the, your death. But. I mean, it really, like when you're young, you're just kind of like doughy. You know, you're like a very kind of doughy, 
person. Your skin is soft, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like... Do you, you mean you're like... You haven't faced very much adversity. Not, not for... Obviously, some people have. Uh, I yeah. think, for me, growing up in the suburbs, not really. There's like, you know, a grandparent dies or something. It's not really going to, like, make a very big impact on your life. You're going to go on pretty much as normal. But when you get into sales, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's pretty cutthroat. And you, like, essentially when I sat down, I was doing like customer service, waiting tables, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And this guy was like, uh, so smooth. Everything he says, I still, I still follow him on Instagram, watch his stories and stuff. It's just super smooth. And he'd be like, uh, I'll give you this job, but if you want this job, you're gonna have to have rhino skin. You know <laughs> okay. what that means? Rhino skin? It means you gotta have thick skin. Cause it's not easy. If people want you to fail as a car car salesman. You know, the, no, nobody wants to work with a car salesman. They're a means to an end. That's why you see stuff like right. CarMax and Carvana popping up everywhere. But yeah. It's happening I, in real estate too. Happening in real estate, absolutely. Non-commissioned salespeople, really? As far as I know. Well, they don't have to work through sales people, but places like Zillow and Open Door will just buy your home. Oh, for like the buying side of things. I mean, they probably still have selling. They probably still have agents, though. You reach out to that company and they assign you an agent. Yeah, so I'm not completely sure how it works, honestly. But I mean, maybe if they're non commissioned, it would make a difference. It's getting basically they offer you offer to buy your home at a seven percent fee. Okay. And they just take all the selling out of it. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. All the hard, quote unquote, hard parts out of it. Yeah. You pay a little more. But once they can lower their fees, then, you know, the competition <laughs> gets pretty rough for well, that's, that's, that's the people big who are just yeah. agents. Yeah. And that's, that's what's happening in cars, too. It's like, I honestly see it as salespeople are making too much money for the dealership to be comfortable with. And so then the dealer reframed it as customer experience centric and they took away the commission salespeople thinking that would bring in people who don't have that rhino skin for sales. Right. You know, people who are like, oh, I like cars, but I don't want to be a salesperson. You know, I'd rather just be a product specialist, know everything about the car. And then when somebody comes in with questions, I have all the answers for them. And in return, they get paid, you know, a higher than an average hourly rate than like working at Best Buy or something. Has that worked? Is that what's going on? Is that um, working? I think it, it works. That's what CarMax's structure is. CarMax has no commission salespeople. They have no haggle pricing, which means what you see in the window is what you get. They also have like, if you qualify for Which seems like for a these, bit of a disadvantage for the buyer sometimes, right? Yeah. I mean, but you know, a lot of buyers don't know what a car's value is. Right, so it's totally. like so if they go to a dealership and they buy a used car, and they get you know hit over the head, and the dealership makes ten thousand dollars on the deal, is like that's more of a disadvantage to the buyer, I think. And that's the thing about car dealerships is like that kind of stuff is acceptable. You know, that's kind of kind of gnarly, but that's that's where I think a lot of the discord comes between customers and. Uh, and salespeople. It's like nobody wants to be taken advantage of. No. So when I was in cars, that's kind of like what was happening. Um, 
and I got hired, eventually got hired for BMW, working for a salesperson, the number three salesperson for BMW in the US at the Dang. time. Yeah. And his whole approach was, I want to soften that, but I also still want to make great deals for myself. I still want to make a lot of money. I want to own properties. He wants to be, you know, kind of a entrepreneur. Yeah. And so he hired me on to work directly for him. So this is independent of BMW? No, I was for BMW. As my position was technically a genius. That's what it's it's like the same thing as like an Apple. Yeah. Apple genius. The BMW does the same thing. Okay. Where it's like this person just knows more about the product. And so that's like they hired me on, sent me to like a special training in Palm Springs and I got trained like on kind of the new approach for things. Um and so when I was, I would contact like all of his clients and I'd do email campaigns and stuff like that. And so I kind of started designing like headers or sections for discounts and. So uh, did you, did, did they train you on any of these marketing or sales things or did they train you specifically just on the product? They just trained me on the product, but they also, I guess they kind of like changed like, tra- like, tra- like trained me in the philosophy of um, like non-aggressive sales, you know? So uh, there's a great book actually, anybody's interested in it. It's just non-confrontational sales. It's the name of the book. I don't remember who the author is, but it's it's good. It's a good book. Uh, I didn't read that too much later, but at the time I was just trying to, you know, fit in line with what the company was doing. And also I wanted to make the salesperson more money and so we worked together just to kind of reframe uh, his approach to clients. And through doing that, you know, I started working with like Illustrator or InDesign. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe uh, not InDesign at the time, it was like 2014, 2013. Um, and yeah, so I just started working with Adobe and getting into creative stuff. And that kind of led into my whole life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> photography, creative, marketing. Do you still yeah. do photography? Photography broke my heart. Why did it break your heart? <laughs> because by the time I finally decided to become a photographer, um, in- Instagram was... has had taken over what it meant. Instagram and social media redefined what photography is. Um, and photography is no longer, I mean, it can be. Uh, it's just no longer about documentation. It's more about engagement. People document now because they want to have engagement. Yeah. They want to sell Well, that seems products. like, I'm not sure how much, if at all, you follow people like Gary Vee, but that's, his, that's, as far as the marketing aspect goes, that's one of his biggest points. That's one of his biggest spiels is just document everything and put it up. And on the backside, you're getting the engagement because that's just what people want to see. Yeah. They just want to live their life through someone else. Um, who's the author that writes those little square books? Have you seen those? Still like an artist. Austin Kleon. That's his whole philosophy too. Show the progress to the final product. Don't just show the final product. Yeah. Right? Because people want to see the journey. They want to grow with you. They want to give you advice. Um, and if they see you finally starting to put out something that's worthwhile... <laughs> And they go, oh, that's cool. I've been with him since the start. And they yeah. feel like they're a part of the brand. That's interesting. And I think it also, maybe more cynically, you could view it as sort of preying on the 
not necessarily bad nature, but the nature of human beings that is, if you see, if you show yourself failing, it makes other people feel good and they'll give you advice and feel good about giving you advice, right? Because it feels good to be in that position where yeah. I'm helping you out. I love giving I'm advice. Better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that funny? Yeah, it's funny. Well, Because I've given you a little bit of advice. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, well, it's just funny that you admit to it yeah. like that. No, it's true. It's true. Um, Who doesn't? But that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So, and I wanted to rewind a little bit, too. Yeah. Um, so why, given that you mentioned Instagram mm. sort of made, they changed the photography game yeah. from documentation to documentation for engagement, yeah. that doesn't sound like too much of a departure. Why, what part about that turned you off? Uh, because good photography is based on engagement. It's not based on, you know, composition or feeling. So they added metrics. They added metrics to something that should be and so yeah so you get hired to do a photography job and the client shows you a mood board and they say hey we want you to make something like this because it's working really well for them they don't want to hear hey you're a really good photographer you know they don't say well, you're a really good photographer you know we love your style we want to reshape what our industry is doing as far as photography. What can we do to, you know, approach this differently? Well, I'm, I'm sure some companies do that. Yeah. Um, but for the level, you know, the entry level photographer, it's you're trying. You're just trying to find your style still. I think, especially like in a commercial setting. Um, and so. So similar, you wanted to make money. Soon enough, you know, you didn't want to yeah. be doing photography for yourself while still retaining creative control. Yeah, and you know, starve. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I I wanted to do photography. That was pretty much my end game. For I think I worked at it for four years before I finally quit my job. Um, and in order to make money doing that, you have to do weddings, mm -hmm. events. I did a ton of events. I did corporate headshots, um, and then people put pressure on you to choose you're never going to be as successful as a photographer or artist in general if you're trying to do everything because if i'm a client and i'm getting married i'm going to hire a wedding photographer i'm not going to hire a food photographer who also does portraits and will do a wedding because they're not specialized right and so i specialized in interior design and art so i focused on like architectures who are doing interior design um, as well as artists who would fill like a gallery space and I do interior photography for galleries because my ultimate goal was to be an artist as a photographer not like a, a photographer who's an artist not just a commercial photographer I wanted to kind of separate that and there's a lot of really talented people that have faced a lot of diversity and are able adversity Sure. Or did they face diversity? They, uh, can you face diversity? I believe you can. Oh, can you? <laughs> can you <laughs> not? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the difference between the two. They've, they've faced hard times. Yeah. Is essentially what I'm trying to say. Um, and, you know, they have stories to tell. And they have photography that can move somebody. Because it comes from a place of truth. And I think that's mm -hmm. really what creates a lot of good art. You know, is this 
something that is just so compelling to an individual artist that they feel like they have to create something to represent it to the world, you know, where it's that deep and meaningful. Um, and for me, I just didn't have anything like that. You know, I, I tried and I would like, you know, it's, it's just, it's just different trying to like schedule a portrait to make it seem like it's something more than it actually is. You know, I think that's a lot more difficult, especially because of the photography I liked was like, you know, I, I love to see like a lot of like, honestly, Mexican photographers. I love to see that culture and people capture that in, in such a way that's so natural. Yeah. And you know, that whole country is just like, it's in such a, a difficult place as a country with corruption and, uh, you know, people trying to just figure it out, you know, <laughs> and uh, I, I like I like that kind of stuff. I, I love that photography. You know, I think that kind of stuff really speaks to me. And I just never found it for myself. I was I and plus I always wanted to make money. <laughs> I didn't want to take the time to figure it out, you know, so yeah, I think that's just kind of part of it. It's you got to figure out what's best for you. Yeah, interesting. See so how other desires well, yeah, I'm married. To fulfill with money, yeah. I have responsibilities. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I want to progress our life together. You know, so it's, if I'm not working, or working, not working, yeah. it's different, <laughs> you know. It's, Interesting. Yeah. That's too bad. I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm not too sorry. Sorry I broke your heart. <laughs> so, so now, I actually just sold my camera. And I'm mm. trying to get like this really popular like point and shoot camera, mm -hmm. like the small compact ones. It's called a Ryko. Um, and it just slips in your pocket and it takes like really nice quality photos. And so I'm hoping that if I do something like that, um, I'm more encouraged to take photos because I'll just have it on me. As where like when you're carrying around a $3,000 DSLR, $3, DSLR and you have a you know $2,000 lens, it's like you feel self-conscious in public like you don't want to point it at people because they think you're some weird paparazzi or right. they think you're like somebody like trying to get like you know spy on them or something <laughs> your private but, eye yeah exactly but like i like this camera because it makes you look like a tourist you know it's just so subtle that's so you're funny. just like oh look at this i'll click <laughs> you know so it's, i'm hoping that once i get that it'll kind of change my process and and so that'll be better than just it. using a cell phone. I'm Keep, very uneducated yeah. about camera it's, quality, yeah. all that stuff. Well, it's just, yeah, the short answer is yes. It'll be better. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it just, for like print material, like photos don't blow up very big from your phone. At I least see. very well. So it's like, I would still like to pursue that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm still interested in... Um, doing that like my own personal photography my own style um i'm thinking i'll just focus more on like rural america since that's kind of the place i'm at in life and just to, is that where we're at <laughs> me personally i mean I'm, i think that i'm at more at like a i mean rural as in like anything that's not a city to me is rural yeah so you know living in the suburbs there's a lot of farmland out here yeah, that's true. You know, I think that that's kind of where I'm trying to head. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, also, also, I, my my dog's Instagram page needs to have better content. So, Dang. I don't think I follow that. 
No, you don't. You can plug it right now if you want. Yeah, it's uh, Instagram.com slash MySweetHarriet, <laughs> or the handle is MySweetHarriet. Okay. Um, Harriet's H-A-R-R-I-E-T. Yeah, like Harriet the Spy. Freckles, that's what we call her. Nice. So, it's a good time together. But uh, yeah, no, she's, she's great. Good dog. Yeah, I feel like you've been training her, right? For, yeah. For competition? Competition. Well, yeah. I feel like that's a, it's a rather old-fashioned thing to do these days. Um, it is. Or it's very niche, at least. Yeah. It's a very specific thing. It's like, I like the idea of a working dog. <laughs> Interesting. It's true. Okay. It's like, <laughs> what do you like about that idea? It's just like, you know, dogs are so domesticated. They are. And it's like you and me. Exactly. And like a good dog is what? Sit, stay, good boy. Yeah. You know? But like these dogs, like especially like the one that I have, I have an American Brittany. And it was trained to do a specific task, which is to find birds. You know, and I, I think that's a really cool thing. And when you train it to do it properly, it's so rewarding to see that kind of dog, like, work. You know, so I, mm. I, I think that that's like, there's, there's a lot of things that inspire me, like Project Upland. I don't know if you know what that is. No. Um, it's pretty big in the community, I guess. Um, but they, they are essentially they wanted to bring this old school tradition to millennials and they're doing a hell of a job at it because it got me involved in, you know, I'm an adult onset hunter, <laughs> as I like right, to call yeah. it. So, uh, yeah, That's so funny. it's just cool. It's cool to see it. We're part of a couple of chapters for uh, kind of like what, what we do. And it's a lot of old people. It's primarily people, like, people in their 60s. And it's like, for me, I look at that, like, once those people are done, it's gone. It's not, like, this industry is just going to mm. diminish. You know, and there's, there's a lot of things people don't know about that kind of stuff, like hunting is, hunting is the number one source for conservation in the United States. Really? Yeah. It's when people buy their hunting license, they're playing into conservation. Yeah. That's why there's hunting seasons. That's good. You know what I mean? Otherwise, hunting could be open all year round, and then all of the local animals will diminish. So right, you can only kill X amount of yeah bag animals. limits. Yeah. yeah, limited per day, limited per area you can hunt. Yeah, they have they have to like you can't hunt during breeding season. All these different things. So interesting. Yeah, I'm hoping to keep it alive. Train, teach to my kids, teach them about gun safety and. Yeah. Guns are a part of our life, whether we like it or not. You know, so you might as well know what you're doing. Maybe not forever, yeah. <laughs> we'll contact, see. yeah. I don't know. There's going to be some sort of weapon. Yeah. <laughs> There'll always be some kind of weapon. It's true. Yeah, I feel like the people in this country love their guns so much, they're probably not going anywhere, realistically. Probably not. Whether it's legal or not, it's marketing. It really is. Yeah. Also, I think that there's a certain... Uh, I, I think with guns and, you know, like action movies and stuff like that, there's a certain level of testosterone that a lot of people find really appealing mm -hmm. or people with testosterone find appealing. They're like, oh, it's loud. Oh, wow, yeah. that person's so skilled. 
that person's a hero. I'm a so hero. <laughs> if yeah. I own a gun, I'll be that person. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think more of that stuff disappears, you know, every year. Yeah, thanks yeah. for reminding me yeah. to not uh, play with anything. Yeah, <laughs> straw wrappers are loud, huh? Um, but it's kind of silly, but even in, like, video game circles, like being a part of the Super Smash Bros. community, it's like a very masculine thing to do. Oh, yeah. Even though it's, like, sort of the opposite of it in a lot of ways because it's very wimpy and, like, doesn't require any physical ability and if you just looked at the crowd who is like into that sort of thing you're like yeah none of these people are very masculine in fact like a lot of them are under 18 anyways (laughs) it's competition it's competition and there's a certain hierarchy that men really like to put themselves into through competition which is really interesting and when you're at the top um it's like the feeling is like really incredible oh yeah and you don't and a lot of people can't get that in a lot of places in life. Yeah. And so... Well, I think women feel it too. I, think, I don't think yeah, it's, it's as, different, as, as prominent. I think know? it's just through different means. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same way though. I think I think guys naturally, you know, with testosterone, you're talking about kids under 18, there's a ton of testosterone. They like to feel like the king of the world. You know, they want to dominate the competition. Who doesn't? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it feels good to be in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I I definitely see that. Speaking of guns and games, I've realized so I've been out of like I don't play like new games. Yeah. But I have realized that the games that come out like they're not really as like I mean I remember playing like Call of Duty two for like the <laughs> PlayStation two or whatever it was, and it was like it was very real. You know what I mean? But now it's like you look at stuff like Fortnite and it's like all these like different characters and blood's different colors and it's very like a foreign... I think they're just trying to like dehumanize like violence, right? So that like... Because if it's is like... It an, so it's an intentional move by... I think it's an intentional move. Somebody upstairs or what? Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, oh man, if people get used to like strangling someone in Call of Duty, you know, it's like... They might be more ingrained to like act violent in their personal lives, Dang. and so if we make them like these super suits and we put them on different planets and make it more fantasy, and you can shoot people with laser guns and technology that doesn't exist, then it can remain in the video game without going into people's personal. Life. Oh, so it's ultimately beneficial. Beneficial, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate goal. Is that. Yeah, it's like an outlet for biological input impulses. There you go. That are controlled. Yeah. yeah. So I, I can see that's that. Pretty interesting. I mean, I'm. I guess I lean more towards like people are gonna make what makes them money, regardless of pretty much anything else. Maybe that's just cynical. Well, people, it's not gonna make them money if the parents aren't buying them. Yeah. True. Yeah. It's like I think. So you'd cite that as a big reason for that shift? I mean, you have, like, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Right? That's, like, still a pretty gnarly game, honestly. Right? You're robbing people. It's, like, the name of the game, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I I think those games still exist, but I think they're just not as popular anymore. 
Why is that? I think it's that same thing where it's just like people would rather be taken out of reality than injected into like a hyper reality <laughs> where you know you're like just being rude to other people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't thought too much about the difference in video games in that way. Yeah. It's marketing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So I'll get a little selfish here. Please. And <laughs> returning to the marketing bit about sort of showing the struggle or the process. Let's say process. Okay. What if the process is a big struggle? Yeah. As it many times is, uh-huh. and it has a lot of failure. There's a lot of people in the world, and just I think traditional thinking even, is just that you don't want to show the process. You want to show the finished product because mm-hmm. that's the most attractive. And in the same way, you want to present yourself as successful and competent yeah. and confident. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you subscribe to a bit of that at least. I don't know how, how far. I subscribe to it. A bit of that as far as the confidence piece, the... Posting finished products? Yeah. Yeah, um, I like that. I think for me, it's hard to show progress, process. You know, it's like, why would I share a design that didn't work? <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not going to be like, oh, here's something I'm working on because it'll make me look bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, like if I was an artist and I was working towards a finished product, yeah, I'll show you my outline sketch before I paint it. You know, but that's not what I am. You know, I'm not gonna, sh- I'm not gonna share like, oh, here's a marketing campaign we just dumped two grand in and it flopped. <laughs> you know, it's like, why not? How could it's I? Documenting. How could I even show that? You know, it's just like without talking about it, I don't want to. Like, I think that's a. There's a. Well, you a talk pretty, about it. I think there's a pretty fine line of like being able to share your progress and complaining totally you know i think that a lot of people are they take oh i need to show my progress and show my failures but they approach it in more of like a woe to me you know they're like oh i'm so sad nothing is going my way you know and so i think i want to kind of separate those two for me personally um so is it about how you frame frame the thing that you're posting or the the struggle or the process well i'm going to be totally honest i don't actually post anything right (laughs) so (laughs) i haven't posted anything in like three months so i'm focused on my career at this point yeah so you look around when you look at marketing and look Mm -hmm. at people who are on social media do you see a lot of people who show the progress and then complain is that the part that they're getting wrong? Um, no, I mean, I think that social media is honestly like, there's no wrong way to do it. Really? Like if you're doing it, like people are gonna hate you. <laughs> are they? <laughs> Regardless of if you're doing well or not. Mm-hmm. People aren't gonna like what you do. Especially if you can be You mean confident. some people? What? Some people are not gonna like what you do. Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to have people they don't like. I, I think all people have someone they dislike. <laughs> you know, Not everybody dislikes one person, but yeah, some people will like it, some people won't. And it might not lead to your success, but um, I, I, I don't know. There's, I don't think there's any wrong way to do it. 
some people aren't looking to be successful. You know, I think that was a pretty hard lesson for me to learn a while back. It's because I'm, I'm such a driven person. Like, I try and get people together to do projects. And I'm like, oh, if we do this, then this could happen. And then we could start a company and then it will be... <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I'm happy being a lifeguard. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I don't want to move on. Interesting. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? It's, it's a pretty tough lesson that not everybody wants to have the same level of success as you. Yeah. You know, and some people are content. I think that's an awesome thing. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't really think there's a right way to do it or a wrong way to do it. You know, it's, it's about what your end goal is. I so think, I let's think, say the goal is to be successful. Yeah. Depends so you have on what, what industry you're in. Well, that's why I said I want to be selfish here. <laughs> okay. Are you asking for So, yeah, let's talk you? about realtors. You want to talk about you specifically? Sure. Why you not? You do that. Um, yeah. I think that's interesting. Okay. Not, I'll be the case study. Sure. <laughs> Hit me with a question. So, yeah, I, 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 this is kind of going back again, but showing the struggle, right? Like, my career as a realtor has been filled with struggle. It's so been far. short. It's been short, too. Yeah. We just finished month eight since my licensure, mm-hmm. which is fine. And a lot of people apparently don't make money in the first year. <laughs> well, I mean, that was also during a pandemic. Yeah. So true. really, that eight months is more like three months. Yeah. You think about it. I mean, you can blame it on other things. And it makes me feel warm for a second when people say things like the thing you just said. <laughs> so like, I can put it on something else. Yeah. But, you know. Okay, so let's put all the weight on you. Yeah. You failed for eight months. Failed for eight months, let's say. Uh-huh. <laughs> Struggled for eight months, let's okay. say. <laughs> um, is that worth sharing with people on social media? Or do I want to stick to the more finished product, confident person, shiny object yeah. uh, persona, you know? I, I know. I, I understand. I think that... Um... It depends on what your end goal is. You know, it's, I think a lot of marketing is asking questions. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to seem like I'm, you know, not giving you a straight answer. No, no, yeah. But <laughs> I think, you know, it's, it's, it's about like your target demographic. Who are the people that follow you? Is it people that you know? You know, it's like, it's over 80% people that you've known for more than five years who've known you before you were a realtor. And now see that you're trying to become a realtor. I think that that shows, um, you know, if you share your progress and show like, oh, here I am grinding every day. Like you are, I see upstairs all the time. You know, you're one of the few new agents who actually sits in the office and puts in the work, which is difficult. Um, I think that that shows a certain level of commitment to the job. And in turn, that would build trust with people that maybe are like, oh, he's a new agent. Like... I don't really know if I want to buy Kevin. I remember when Kevin was just playing Super Smash Bros. Now I'm supposed to buy a house from him. Right. You know, like that's a, that's a pretty hard thing to overcome, I think. Is like, but I, I think if you continue to show like that you're consistent and that you're working and you keep talking about, you know, real estate, um, people will just think of you when it comes to their need. Right. Um, I can go back to somebody I knew in high school who was a photographer and I hated his photography. I thought he was terrible, um, but he 
got a really nice camera, I think, for Christmas or something from his parents. Mm -hmm. Big old DSLR. And he was like, oh, I'm a photographer. He posts, like, pictures of, like, him with his camera, you know, which is kind of just ridiculous. (laughs) Um, And he just, he marketed himself like that from high school, from from sophomore year. By the time he was 19, he was, you know, touring the world, uh, photographing snowboarding. Really? So it's just, it goes to show, like, if you commit to something and say, oh, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I do, then when people have that need, uh, you just become top of mind. You know, and I think people are willing to give people chances if they like them. So if it's people you've known for a long time and they know that you've just gotten into real estate and that you've been working really hard, even though you haven't sold any houses, you're not giving up and you're persevering and you continue to talk about the things that you're learning, I think that process is more than valuable. Yeah. Interesting. I guess this goes to a sort of a side point off of that is how do you show what are process oriented posts, right? Like, Mm -hmm. is everything I'm doing process oriented because I'm not showing houses going pending (laughs) that I'm involved with or like just solds or let's say I got some award or like a designation that are more results oriented finished products yeah so i'm playing with the fine line here because i'm not supposed to be giving advice to agents on their own personal marketing since i work for the brokerage sure but for the case of the podcast (laughs) um and i guess you kind of snuck your way in as a um as as being the case study of the discussion (laughs) um i would say that we don't have to talk about it no no I'm, i'm happy to uh I think that your process is what's furthering your profession that you do on a daily basis or maybe even just weekly or bi-weekly. You know, what are you doing that's that's improving you? So if, if that's waking up an hour earlier and making cold calls, you know, then you can share that. You can call you can film yourself on a cold call and put it in your story. Show yourself getting rejected. Yeah. You know, I think <laughs> that's pretty like you know, like transparent, that's, that's transparent, that's, that's, you know, hey world, here I am, you know, look at me bleed. <laughs> like that's, that's like, I think as transparent as you can get. Um, or if it's like, oh, I want to do this, I'm going to open houses to meet people or, you know, obviously that's, that's probably more clear cut uh, process. But I think, yeah, I so think sharing can, intentions, I think we can even go back to what we we're talking about showing process and progress and showing your failures i think as somebody you know who's newer into any profession that's good but if you're somebody who's selling luxury listings you know you're probably going to be more concise with what you're posting you're not going to want to show failures because you want to be successful you want to attract a client that's going to spend three million dollars on a house you know so it's it's difficult yeah um, to find that balance but i think that just being truth with where you're at in life you know like i'm gonna come out like i had uh i was at play it again sports the other day mm-hmm. and i was looking at golf balls they have like a bucket of golf balls and it's like 10 for five bucks or something um and this guy was like anything good in there we started chatting and i was like oh yeah it's pretty good like, where do you play and i was like oh i just moved here from seattle and he was like oh cool you're looking for a house <laughs> i just got my realtor's license 
and just straight up just started telling me about it. And I was like, oh, I'm actually, yeah, I'm working with somebody right now. And uh, what brokers you land with? He's like, oh, I haven't decided on, you know, where I'm going to be. And I just kind of got a feel for it. But like, I think honestly, like at the point in, you know, a new agent, that's what it takes. I was, I was at Walmart just yesterday and I was down this aisle and I was, you know, I was off work. So Sunday, I guess I was off of work. I was wearing like pants, tennis shoes, a t-shirt. And I think I was like, had a hat on. And I looked kind of disheveled, <laughs> hadn't shaved or anything over the weekend. And uh, this guy came up to me and he's like, Hey man, how you doing? <laughs> and I was like, I'm good. He's like, does, that, okay. does this stuff annoy you? No, I love it. Yeah, because I'm I'm in it. You know what yeah. I mean? So I love it. Yeah. Um, and I'm I, learning to love it too. because yeah. I want to see what they do. I want to see yeah. how they work me. It's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he was like, he was like, oh yeah, yeah. Was like, he's like, he's like, you like those? I don't remember what I was looking at, but he like asked us holding something. He's like, you like those? And I was like, yeah, it's Walmart. You know, it's fine. And he was like cool man so what do you do for work and I was like oh I'm uh, the director of brand marketing at Amherst Madison and he was like oh really and I was like yeah man why do you ask and he was like oh you know I, I'm a chiropractor and when I graduated college I had a lot of debt and I've been meeting with this couple that I knew from back in the day and they've been coaching me and mentoring me on like how to gain success and build you know equity for my life um but it sounds like you got things pretty figured out are you going to be there for a while and i was like yeah i'm looking to be there for a while it's kind of a long-term job situation it's like that's really good man i'm happy for you he walked away interesting but i know that opener from my from my time in car sales no way from my time in like the specific uh, from door to door oh yeah I'm working with an old friend who's had a lot of success and he's been teaching me and mentoring me on how to make money that's a pyramid scheme yeah absolutely 100%. I know he's trying to get you into business but it's a pyramid it's scheme it's funny that you know <laughs> yeah he's selling coffee or something magic beans I don't know magic beans but he's trying he's trying to sell me on finance finances a lot of people struggle with finances yeah that's like you see a lot of jobs like that health insurance car sales real estate unfortunately in a lot of places where it's if you come work for us you'll have financial freedom look at all this money you could make all you have to do is pay us is pay us or you just have to get two new clients a day you can get two new clients a day right yeah. and look by the time you're 10 years from now you'll be 38 you'll be making 1.2 million a year you know, and it's like, that's kind of like how they get you. Um, and and that's, I think, bad bad marketing. And it goes back to the beginning of the conversation where <laughs> people, I'll sell you a car and I'll sell it to you for a price. But, you know, I've, I read a lot of Seth Godin and I'm currently in a book that's like, it was originally titled, All Marketers Are Liars. Mm-hmm. And it tanked. And then he crossed out on the cover, Liars. And he said, storytellers. And they made a second publication. And that led his career to where it's at today. So did he, was that intentional? Intentionally, it was the second time, the yes. The second time was intentional. But yeah. he said, all marketers are liars. And that was the title of the first book. And it just completely crashed and tanked. And then they said, okay, you can have a second. We'll print a second copy. You can try it again. And he said, all storytellers, or all marketers are storytellers. 
And that's what people want to buy into. They don't want to buy into, oh, you'll make money because people have heard it. Uh, you know, you go to a carnival, there's big prizes. All you have to do is knock down the pins. Mm-hmm. But you know those pins aren't going to get knocked down. Right. And not by you. <laughs> right? Um, I'm not trying to use case studies to sell that point and drive it home, but people care more about money, believe it or not. I think that's the end goal, but people would rather be, why do people want money? To be happy. You know, so if you can if you can position your marketing strategy to a point where, like, hey, let's help you earn, you know, freedom from debt. You know, it's even a better way to say, let's make money, you know, or just telling a story literally. And so, so the money part specifically is what's bad. It's the bad part because it's been overplayed and abused. It's just not the only thing that people find value in. Yeah. You know, like this guy was trying to get me to leave my career because he met me at Walmart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's an insane concept to me. Yeah. And people, you know, if they work at like a subway, you know, they're going to see that as an opportunity to be like, oh, get me the frick out of here. I, I want money. money. I want more freedom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want money. You tell me I don't need a college career. I don't need to put in that much work. All I need to do is get two people to sign up a day. And I can be a millionaire. And that's like really like, that's what's so amazing about sales is there's some stupid people that are really good sales people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it can be done. Too. Yeah. It's absolutely. not all a lie. No, it's not. It's unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. The, I have a buddy who works at Winco and it's like weird. He tells me how many times he gets approached by people who are like, they ask him a question about, freaking bulk section you know because he's in there mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they've got this business opportunity for him and uh they're like selling him and he's just trying to work <laughs> you know he's like right. like i'm good that's what i was saying it's like yeah. some people don't want that change no some people are comfortable or they're working at something at a much slower pace i think that's something else that people don't realize is life is a long game yeah you know what i mean people look at what's right in front of them like i have nothing but look at where you were five years ago. You probably had a lot less. I kind of like your view on that as far as not forcing people to, not trying to get people to change on your timeline. They're not going to. Do you think that so? Because there are people who, I feel like self-help people, uh, motivational speakers, Yeah. they try to like penetrate you with their but feelings for the future again you know? who's their demographic people who want to change yeah you know people who are happy with their career teachers let's say they don't make a ton of money but they find they derive a lot of satisfaction from what they're doing if you try and sell if you try and sell that oh six figures you know as an income for selling coffee you know or is getting people to sell coffee for you it's like a lot of them aren't going to be like Oh, please sign me up. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, I went to college for four to eight years and I've always wanted to be a teacher and now I'm doing that. So I know it's not the most financially successful thing to be doing, but I do feel successful about the fact that I derive a certain amount of happiness from my career. You know, so people find more things important than money and they don't need to change. They don't need to be your idea of successful yeah you sucked down that birthday cake 
I did. You liked it? Still some boba to go, though. Yeah. I mean... Sweet. Yeah. It was sweet. You still got ways to go on yours. I thought it was tiny. The boba's too chewy. I was... uh, I I took a couple sips during our conversation, and I couldn't respond to you because I was chewing the boba. So it's like I just had to to pull my straw up. That's why I always get reduced boba. It's because I can just focus on the tea part of it. You really are playing life at a whole nother level. Because the boba, <laughs> boba game strong? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I gotta get more boba. If anyone takes anything from this podcast, it's Drink that Austin boba. is looking for boba places. Please drop some recommendations. Please to reach out, yeah. At Austin Lane Day on Instagram. So as we wrap out, yeah. Yeah. Wrap out. As we wrap up <laughs> and head out. Because <laughs> we're about to hit an hour. Believe it or not. And we didn't get, get, get we didn't get we'll kicked out of our office out. room. Yeah. yeah, they're both free. I think you could just pull on your leg. That's good. Um, people want to know more about you, or if you want to plug anything. Yeah, let me. Now's your shot. Give me one second here, because I, mm-hmm. I need to make sure I know my Instagram handle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've already given you my dog. Just reach out there. Dog's Instagram. Yeah. Oh, bummer. My entry for the new Yeezys was unsuccessful. Unfortunate. It's too bad. All right, so... That's why you should yeah. use a company like RSVP Kings. What? Contact them today to make sure you get oh your God, you brand new your friend? Yeezys. <laughs> it's, still over. it's still over retail. Uh, okay, so my Instagram is is what I thought it was. It's Austin Lane Day, which is the same on uh, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Nice, that's yeah. valuable. It's very consistent. Got your full name. I have the URL too, but I don't have a website, mm. so don't look Not for yet. me there. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom with me and yeah. with everyone. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's anything valuable in there, but I think, I think it was good talking to you. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you gotta get some more boba tea though. Yeah, boba. I'm out. Yeah. So maybe I need to go back already. Yeah. Shoot. Alrighty. Perfect. Thanks for listening to Inside Kevin C. As usual, I cannot remember which episode this is, but you know because it's on your it's on your phone. It this uh this episode is brought to you by. Kevin R. Coslett Real Estate with Amherst Madison Real Estate Advisors. If you're looking to buy, sell, or invest anywhere in the world, give me a call and I will get you taken care of. And uh, that's it. I will see you guys in the next episode.